Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mangana. Hello and welcome to an episode of Do It With Dan with Kim. Hey, Kim. Hello. I like that intro. You know, could I just share something? Sure. This time, I thought your name was actually Kim Muse. Oh. This whole time, I thought your name was Kim Muse. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize when I sent you the, um, the Venmo for the, for the oracles, I didn't even clock there was a different surname. In my head, it's Kim Muse, Kim Muse. And then yeah. when, I, when I got the, the booking for this, I was like, who's that? I was like, oh my God, that's Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I wasn't born with that name. I gave it to myself. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. Brilliant. How are you? I'm groovy. I'm groovy. I just want to give people the opportunity to 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 get caught up because obviously we we'll just jump straight into it. Everybody, oh. I'm here with Kim Barker, aka name myself Kim Muse because that's what I do. Exactly. Uh, Kim and I have been swirling around each other's digital worlds for about. Two and a half years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, about that time. Um, we've been connecting a little bit more recently, and she's got a really groovy Oracle deck that you've probably seen if you follow me on Instagram or you're in my Dream with Dan group. You've seen me posting the really cool, arty, really deep um, Untold Libraries wisdom deck that you've seen me referring to. Kim is the creator of that. She's also a musician. Uh, by musician, I mean she channels magic from the quantum field and puts it into physical form in the matter of a a sound frequency. You also write and an all round badass psychic. There's just so much grooviness and basically (laughs) the world had to meet you. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I received that. I received that. Thank you. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So yeah, um, now that people are a little bit caught up, we can get into it. Because I just realized, oh, yeah, he's just like through into the conversation. <laughs> Sometimes it's like a little bit of preamble, but we hopped on video. I was like, do you want to get started? She's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe give the people the chance to get to know you. I obviously just smashed some words together uh, vis-a-vis my experience of you. But if I hadn't done that and you were introducing yourself, what would have been uh, given to us? Um, well, to you, um, or to probably this clientele, um, I would say, um, yeah, I'm a muse. I, um, I love to help other people uh, with musing ideas out, um, generating new ideas and, um, creating, you know, finding creative ways to, um, just live a better life. But, you know, Normally it's with artists and people who just have this passion and they don't know what it is. Um, and, and then there's the other side of me that's just like, is the muse myself. I'm an artist, like you mentioned, singer, songwriter, um, screenplay writer, ghostwriter. Um, and so I just love to, to play and have fun with life, really. The bottom mm. line. Long way of saying that. <laughs> Well, it's a beautiful way of saying it and uh, really excited people to get to know a bit more about you, your very interesting story, which I got a snippet of when we had our, our tea party, our digital tea party the other day. So um, let's start back at the beginning. So as I remember, and if I'm wrong, correct me, you were born in Spain? On well, the- I lived in Spain. I wasn't born there, but I lived there until about seven. And then- of course, so Spain was in the mix. So you yeah. were... Born to so it was both your parents in the military. Was one of the people in the military? How just did that work out? Yeah, just my dad. So I was I was born in Germany and then we um, lived in Spain um, for about five years, and then um, yeah, then we moved to New Orleans, which is not a place where you would imagine the military to be. But fortunately, <laughs> <laughs> fortunately for me, as a psychic kid, it was a great place to land and learn. Mm-hmm. You know. Let's, let's just speak to that for a second because I've been having this conversation. So I've been reading a bit more on um, a modality that I'm being trained in at the moment called reality transurfing. And I was doing some research on some homework that I had. 
and stumbled, interestingly, upon another piece on indigo children, which is something that I, I did find out about. I dated someone many years ago who identified herself as an indigo child. And this is before I knew anything about it. This is before I'd really made the transition over to woo-woo full, full on. So I was like, all right, all right, dude, cool, indigo, whatever, cool, do your thing. And um, as I was reading the description, I actually saw that my stepdaughter's got a lot of the characteristics. But I know that, well, I'm going to do some research into it. But this whole thing, basically, of children having atypical characteristics mm-hmm. is a really interesting thing I'm sitting with now. But you were blessed that your mum actually was like, all right, cool, you're channeling some dope stuff. Let's go and find you some mentors. And so you just happen yeah. to be in the perfect place. <laughs> of no, definitely really... I, I feel so grateful for having a mother that just, um, I, that's all it is. We all have those abilities as I'm sure you've people have said over and over again. Um, and yes, I was fortunate enough to just have a mother that believed me. She didn't know what to do with it or, <laughs> but, she also, <laughs> but she had the dimension or the depth at least to, um, you know, get help for me. Um, and sort of, guide me I had to I had to move from New Orleans but I learned enough to sort of last until my 20s got you. Um, with what I learned in New Orleans um, nice. yeah it's just about belief you know I think for um, any child you know just who, any of their ideas it's all real it's all real to them and if you have a parent that just says right on yeah then it just allows the imagination, which is truly like the psychic muscle mm-hmm. to grow, you know? Mm. I always wondered about that because, I mean, I did some training on intuition and stuff and I've been seeing my gifts expand and, and, and allow me to serve in different ways as I've grown. And I even noticed that, I don't remember if I mentioned this when we were talking, that one of the abilities that I found myself able to do is to, to, to move see and experience other lifetimes whether it's mine or other people's and I used to be great at writing stories when I was a kid just amazing I don't do it anymore but I used to be really really great but they would always stop and I never really realized why they were stopping till I started doing more work developing my intuitive gifts and, and, and accessing this stuff and realizing that oh it's because I normally see a life in its final days and hours and so when I was writing these stories, I was writing up until the point of passing. So I wasn't making up the stories. I was actually telling actual stories. And that's why I was able to write with such, with such, um, such detail. But it's not something, I'm not a writer. This is why I find it really interesting because I spent so long writing, but I'm not a writer. It's not something that burns within me. You can't just give me a thing and then I write about it. Mm. I can only trans, I can translate something that I've actually seen. And even when I would write the stories, I was seeing the images and translating the images. And that was really, really interesting for me because somebody said to me recently, I think it was even just this morning, oh, you know, they want to learn about energy and stuff like that. Do I do mentorship? I was like, well, this is a really interesting thing because are we officially trained or are we simply guided to uncover and expand on the gifts that we really have? Does that make sense? I think, I mean, we definitely have influencers and we pick up little things from everyone, but people like you and I and everybody watching, you know, we, if we're trained, it's from another source that's not here on earth. Um, And so I wouldn't, I I would say we fuse together all of our knowledge. I mean, you can just look at my, my altar. It's like got something from everywhere in the world. And and so that's all goes into our, the collective of the world goes into us and then something greater, you know, mm. it's a force. And I always use creativity with my clients, even, you know, non quote unquote artists. Um, by the end of working with me, you'll be singing, dancing, playing, writing. <laughs> you know? and because it's such, um, it is the, if you want to build up your psychic ability, create, 
and, you know, with no judgment. And that just opens up the, you know, the, the way to quantum travel and to, you know, with permission, get inside someone's mind and help them on their journey. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that, the creativity to me, I mean, that's just what, and there's many ways to get there, but that's the one I know of and that I can teach. Mm. But there's different languages, right? Just like there are, there are physical material languages, there are also energetic languages too. And, and that's the language that you speak. And so you'll speak to those that that's their language or, or those that are close enough to get the dialect, right? Right. Mm. Mm. Love that. I love that. So in your journey, was there like a particular teacher who really inspired you or supported you in any particular way that you would be like, hey, I'm going to give a shout out to Mama Sita. Was there like anyone for you? Oh my gosh. There's just too many. Um, I was fortunate enough. Um, I had a, an experience when I was um, in a in a band in LA and we went to the desert and um, had a sacred medicine experience. And I was delivered um my spiritual guide um from another dimension i believe and um and honestly she's been the loudest voice the teacher that is the guide and it's it's not a physical person on this planet i mean there's to me like the like the mentors that i've had are not what you would expect it's you know somebody in a dark alleyway that's probably pretty inebriated saying something and I'm like, wait, what did you say? And that'll, you know, change my whole perspective. So I, um, although I've had worked with many mentors and everything like that, I really just have to give credit to the ultimate source of all of this. Um, but yeah, certainly there's, um, there's been so many, the too many to name, um, wow. really. I can, the, per- the person that comes to my mind is actually not, um, a healer per se. She was um, part of my um, theater company that I had in LA and she was much younger than me and her name was, um, or is Noni. And um, she just really taught me on how to hold and lead sacred space by these, our writing of our theater productions. And um, so I really, if anything, I would give so much credit, credit as an earth mentor to her, Mm. Noni Barker. She had the same surname? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> My husband's middle name is Noni too. So I said Noni Barker, but um, Noni Lamar. I wasn't aren't one of your, oh, one of the deck called Noni. Yes. It's after her. Yeah. Look at that. See, I remember stuff. I remember yeah, stuff. you do. I really love the way that you actually made reference to the fact that even like a random drunk person can be like the voice of divinity speaking through. Um, and I'm even, the thing that always comes to mind was this random guy, uh, me and my ex went to the empire state building and we went up and there was a guy in the, one of the little men with the red suits and it's been to New York to the empire state building there. They wear like that little old school, like from the 1920s or something, little red suits, yeah. like a little red hat. Mm-hmm. And this guy said, uh, where are you from? I said, I'm from London. He goes, I'm from Costa Rica. I said, okay. He goes, my island is waiting for you. You have to come to Costa Rica. Not my island, my, my country's waiting for you. I said, okay. He goes, no, no, no. We're waiting for you in Costa Rica. Make sure that you come. Yeah. And he just said it with like this room. And then we took a selfie. I've, I've got a picture of him. I still, I still look at it sometimes. And that because there was this this visceral knowing that this was like a message. This wasn't just some because he he wasn't a crazy guy. He wasn't like even like a loud person. You know, and and if he was, I mean, you're not going to survive in that kind of work environment if you're just running around harassing people, right? Yeah. It's just very like no, Mike, we're waiting for you. And he said, remember, even when I was leaving, he says, make sure you remember. And then um, there were some other synchronicities that lined up with Costa Rica. And now one of my very dear friends has moved down there. And I, I, went, I went there with some friends a couple of Christmases ago, had a really, really beautiful experience. And it's just that whole thing of like a random person. I love listening to children. I was speaking to Olga yesterday about the fact that children can be the greatest teachers and they can say some random things sometimes and you won't even, you won't even necessarily get it. But 
Absolutely. Anything can be our guide. Anything can be our mentor. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I truly believe that. I mean, everybody is, is the vessel for the message. Everybody, even, Mm -hmm. even our not so favorite politicians. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that's been my work lately is um, just sending love to, to the white house and um, global leadership right now, as I'm sure many of us are doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've, I've just reread, again, um, Many Lives, Many Masters, and just the concept of um, that, I won't say his name, but the guy, the orange guy in the White House. Um, <laughs> I've, I've been him before. You've been him before. Yeah. If we... In context of this book, you know, we've we've all been the zit that's waiting to be pushed to pop. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been that. (sighs) Even in this lifetime, even in your form, even in my form, I've I've been that grossness, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's the trigger is the knowing that I've been that and that I've, you know. So I'm going back and just forgiving all the moments of my life that I've been that zit. and so that's been my work lately. Mm. I've been looking at perspectives, which is another another angle on Orange Gate. And that, um, so I've been reading. So for one of my programs, I've been doing some research and some stuff from a business perspective, and listening to the the arguments from the other side, and just remembering that everybody's got a different perspective on the same thing. So, for example. Um, Back home in the UK, Boris Johnson is the Prime Minister as of today's date. Um, And there are people who love that and there are people that don't. There are some people that are like, yeah, Boris, but at least we've got the Conservative Party, which is the party that he represents, which is the equivalent of Republicans. But it's interesting because the colours are the other way around. So our Labour Party, which is the... America just had to be different. They're red. (laughs) (laughs) so our red red for us is like the working class socialist party and for you guys it's the gop so it's just confusing sometimes anyway what's the red coats is the army yeah the red coats were the old school english army um back in the day no not anymore now they wear green like everybody else i think (laughs) but everybody's got a different perspective and some people's perspective is quote unquote informed and some people's perspective is a matter of learning and training, but we all have a perspective. And sometimes that perspective happens to be disempowering or disadvantageous to at a material level to others, but it's advantageous to us. And so for somebody that fits a demographic of certain kinds, orange people is good, right? And for people who are disenfranchised by policies and viewpoints of orange people, then it's not so good. But then when you come back to the fact that we are both the orange person, the person who's advantaged, the person who's disadvantaged, and the person who doesn't care, it allows you to reduce the importance on all of it and come to a neutral space of just love. And remembering that at the end of the day, the only power that any of those entities have over my reality, the ones that I give them anyway. Very true. That's so true. Yeah, so that's been that's been my work right now, sort of coming back to that neutral space of, or I could create my own reality. Very, very true. I think we're really supported to do that right now. I mm. mean, I think those of us that have been like facing our shadows and doing all this intense work for so many years, although we feel the weight and the heaviness of what's going on right now on the planet. Um, I mean, for me as a melancholy artist who's in and out of emotions all the time. I'm like, at first, the first week of quarantine, I was just like, oh, so many people were understanding my perspective. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's yeah. great. You know, it's up and down. And um, so I just think there's like, I'm, and I know I'm probably living in a bubble, like you said, like creating our own reality, but I just see so much opening and so much like, ascension and um such a surge in, in consciousness you know um mm. 
So, and yeah, that is, it's just like we were talking about with the kids. It's like the imagination, um, you know, it's, it's so real to them and it can continue to be real. The only thing that stops it from being real is when somebody says it's not, Mm. you know? And so then they're like, Oh, I can't play with the stick in the, this stick in the wood is no longer a snake. It's a stick Mm -hmm. in the wood in the woods. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, I love to bring back that imagination and in, in hopes to like, let's all just create this thing that we're going for, you know, the new earth and what better time to do it than right now. You know, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, this, this is, we're in a real point of, um, someone said to me that things can't come together unless they've fallen apart. Going back to like a line from the original Batman movie with Tim Burton where Jack Nicholson was the Joker and said, oh, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. All of these very basic principles that when they're brought into a personal space, maybe we don't really connect with them so easily. But when you look at them in truth, yes, in nature, things do break apart in order to take new form. It doesn't transmute directly over. It has to go back to its basic form in order to be, to be known and rebuilt. And when we're able to find within us the spiritual maturity and this is no slant on anyone that's you know there's no no slant on anyone but when we're able to step into that level of spiritual maturity to see things from a perspective of oh that's fallen apart so that it can be rebuilt and renown oh this is what happens in nature the leaves fall off so that the new leaves can be born Yes, there is confusion, but in the spaces of confusion, the unknown that we're all forced to step into by this literal unknown is giving us all the opportunity to reno. I did a, a guest feature on a, a friend's um, coaching panel yesterday, and that's one of the things we spoke about uncertainty. I said, no, it's not uncertainty. It's that we're recognizing that we were never certain because we never had a plan before. We've been running on programs, we've been in a trance. But the trance, this global trance of get up, go to work, go home, have dinner, blah, blah, blah. It's been broken now. We're all in this brand new opportunity to create. Is it challenging? Yes. Are some people handling it better than others? Yes. But it is a beautiful opportunity if we're ready to to step into that. Totally agree. I do have to. (laughs) Talk to me about um, talk to me about some of the cultural influences for you. I mean, for example, uh, my family is from Southern Africa, from Zimbabwe. One of the things I found really interesting on my journey is going back to some of the um, ancient traditions and looking at them from a new light. So. From my part of the world, there's this ancient tradition about um, something called the, they were called the old gods, the Chituri, which are basically reptilians, which is hilarious to see in play. Mm. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. Even there was a, like a, 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 a traditional god called Nyami Nyami. And if you look at the symbol for Nyami Nyami, it's basically the Kundalini rising, two snakes kissing each other. It's really, really interesting. And they, like I can see you've got some native american feathers there um yeah, my friend robert three crows fly made that the drum and the oh, flute nice. yeah nice. um well it's funny i don't know if this like sort of fits the but i um i had an experience in puerto rico um last in february and um i had had like a real rub with um Catholicism. Um, I was raised Catholic. Um, and you know, my mother was the type that she was just like, I had so many questions and she didn't know how to answer and stuff like that. And that just, she'd just be like, by the end of it, she was just like, don't worry about Jesus. Don't worry about God. Just pray to Mary. And so, (laughs) okay. And, And that made me feel a lot better. I felt, you know, real connection. And then, you know, as I, got older, I just felt really disappointed in this uh, figure of Mother Mary and um, just kind of let go of the connection. But when I was in Puerto Rico, I had this experience where um, 
the energy and the vibe, this form of yam and ya, um, came to me and really helped me do a lot of healing um, with some inner child work. And she was like, reintroduced, she said, suggested that I um, reconnect with Mother Mary. So that's, um, I've been now like sort of learning, uh, relearning some of the like very foundational um, ideas of, of feminism, of, um, you know, female divine feminine nurturing um, energies. And so I've like just literally recently just been going back and really just like connecting with Mary. And so from all of the places I've ever been, um, I have to say that what she is a figure that stuck with me um, more than anything. And I know that's sort of beyond cultural is more of, you know, religion, but now putting it in my own context, in my own words, um, I've just really, um, really come to admire and endear this figure again. Mm. But I mean, if you think, if we think openly about the whole archetype of, of Mary as given, Mother Mary, it's a repeating narrative that's been going back all the way down to ancient Egypt. You had um, Asset, right? Isis, you had exactly the same. We had Demaz, Demuz, no, hang on, we had Ishtar in. Um, Sumer we have um, I don't remember Pavati in um, in Hinduism we've got uh, so many different ways of telling the same story about the power of the ancient feminine archetype that mother that mother figure who who carries carries the spark that empowers the masculine and nourishes and feeds the masculine, which then in turn serves and supports. So there's this beautiful cycle of partnership and then birthing, like birthing new life, birthing new ideas, birthing new intentions. I think that's really powerful. So I think it's lovely that you were invited to come back and create your own story around the archetype connection and your own relation to it relationship to it versus perhaps a more Catholic driven roots that you had before. Yeah. I think you mentioned this when we had our tea talk, um, you know, that you were similar kid, maybe in the questions that you asked. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't understand. So Mary is a virgin, but she's pregnant by God. Does that mean that God, you know, raped her? And like, what else is the other, any other explanation? And I do not feel comfortable with this. <laughs> um, yeah. And I spent time studying, learning about um, Anna, her mother and um, Magdalene and all of those things. And, um, mm-hmm. but still nothing just hit me until recently where I was like, okay, really, really redefine the story. Like you said, go back all the way to the Dead Sea Scrolls and think yeah. in those terms. And mm-hmm. that language that they were speaking was not King James whatsoever, you know, yeah. or interpretations after that. It, so mm-hmm. going back that alchemy, you know, mm-hmm. and also reclaiming it and just making it my own, like you were saying. Uh, the whole re-knowing. I think that's beautiful. I was going to say, is your mom still with us? Yes. Your mom's badass. She was Catholic and still took you off to go and see. That just adds a whole new dimension to like <laughs> the gift okay. of you being taken to be taught in school because Catholic, that is not like, I, I, I can't imagine that I would have thought that that would have been a gift that you would have been given coming from a Catholic household. Well, I thought about that a lot, but I mean, it's a very mystical religion if you, take it apart. I mean, it's who else? I mean, angels that you pray to, you know, that you don't pray, pray directly to God. We never even read the Bible. Like Catholics don't, aren't raised reading the Bible. I mean, it's, it's a very mystical culture. Ash Wednesday, incense. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like we, we value Mary. We put her on an altar more than any of the other, you know, Christians and um, denominations or whatever. So there were, you know, this, just anybody who like believes in purgatory 
in their mind, they have an idea that there's, even though they put a negative connotation to it, they still believe that there's a thing before heaven mm-hmm. and there's a thing, you know, and so they, they know the dimensions, um, but they just were taught in such a context that was a horrible and, you know, disempowering, um, way. But, um, you know, honestly, like when, when I, she, before she took me to get, um, some woo help in New Orleans, she did take me to a priest and, um, and it was a really, really cool priest, probably because he was in Louisiana, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, anywhere where there's a, there's a French core, you, you're gonna have to have a bit of cool around you. Yeah. I mean, he was cool and you know, he, it was a really soothing experience. He did some chanting and put the incense on and, you know, like, for lack of a better term, trying to exercise, you know, something out of me. And I was like, awesome. It was like just getting body work now, but I body work. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool, you know? So there are so many mystical things in a religion um, that, but the people that are in it, just they're so like, I guess, focused on the dogma that they just don't understand that it's actually mysticism that they're doing too. Mm believing in other realms but you know when i would like channel um relatives and stuff like that um yeah i mean my whole entire family was just like they just knew they just believed it there's no way they couldn't either um mm-hmm. so yeah and I, I i knew a lot of um i think you know people in catholicism that were sort of swung that way i mean if you think about in brazil and you know where where Catholicism thrives. There's a very mystical element underneath all yeah, of this. But, the, but then you've got the different, and this is what I'm saying, that culturally different, even, I mean, you touched on it a little bit when you said, but the Louisiana priest is going to be a little different. I think, well, if you look at an Irish Catholic, for example, versus an Italian Catholic, there is there's a, there, there are some nuances, right? Versus a uh, Mexican Catholic, where there is, again, mysticism's been more deeply infused because there's more of the local culture and you know day of the dead and so on and so forth i think as there was an integration of some of these faiths into different parts of the world there was infusing of some local pieces into it i think you know and that ends up being reflected in some people like they they get it oh yeah this is mysticism and so they just kind of roll with that a bit more almost as a from the permission slip aspect of the local culture kind of fusing into it versus oh no we don't do that <laughs> do you know what I mean? like for, for the irish perspective which i think that their roots were really stamped out quite quite firmly um because there was a lot more persecution i think in the earlier days like medieval times and stuff it was a lot more yeah they just love war over there i mean jeez <laughs> <laughs> What time is it? War. What time is it? War. Hilarious. Hilarious. So we were blessed to to get this schooling and get this growth and get this this mentorship. You were blessed to have a family unit that supported you to step into your gifts more fully and to just play with them and explore, which is carrying in, over into you and being able to support other people. Are there any, were there any forks in the road for you when you thought, ah, eh, maybe I'm just going to just give this up and come back to 3D fully and get a nine to five. Did you ever have that? Or have you always just been, nope, I'm fine with the angels. I'm doing this. Well, um, I think I didn't come really out of the spiritual closet until um, I I left L.A. I mean, I was very spiritual, doing readings, holding circles and stuff, but it wasn't like out forwardly. Facebook page. No, no. (laughs) Like I think about that sometimes when I'm like I have my little thing sorceress, but I put like source not. You know, yeah. <laughs> people from high school are like, "What?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, like going out um, to LA and like just following the rabbit hole of um, the entertainment industry. Um, you know, it was it was aching. It was like it was seeping through, and it would come in. You can hear some some songs that 
I like, oh, I look back, I'm like, oh, I was, I was on it. Yeah. But um, it wasn't the full integration and it wasn't like the, the practice. I mean, I would do yoga, but it was like LA, everybody did yoga, it was, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, actually, it was on Venice Beach when um, someone handed me, I think I told you this, someone handed me the book, um, uh, Conversations with God. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like spun me more into like, this authentic side um, of, you know, really stepping into this and claiming this um, other thought process and stuff. Um, Because even in LA back, you know, when I was there, it still wasn't cool to just be like, oh yeah, I'm a healer, I'm a, you know, mystic, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And so, (laughs) yeah, so coming from the entertainment industry, I mean, No, I never in a million years could have ever thought about working at an office job, like, for long. I mean, I would temp here and there, but, I mean, I just didn't know what to do in that environment. I didn't – it's just not, like, the form that I was created for. Um, So I – but I was fortunate enough that I never had to really face that. Um, I think – I think I had – I was really pushed into – coming forward with this um fully when I knew that I had to sort of step away from music for a little while about um five years ago I had to change my relationship to it and so during that that point was pretty low and I you know I did go through the process of like how am I gonna you know this isn't a career but then I was like but neither was singing and you know like go through that whole inner monologue, um, for a bit. And, um, but you know, just the more I kept doing it, um, yeah, it's become my, the, the day job, the, the thing that I do and it's mm-hmm. seamlessly worked in, but I have was fortunate enough where I didn't, I've never had, um, except for like high school, um, working at <laughs> like fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, I've been lucky to not, or lucky, unlucky, whatever, just the path that I haven't been in the, um, that corporate world. But I'm not going to say that I didn't uh, endure damage and a lot of ups and downs um, in the entertainment industry. Lots of rejection, lots of ego deaths, um, you know, just everything that was, I think a lot of people still experience in corporate America, you know, very similar in that mm. regard in learning. Mm. I think it's beautiful as well that you had the opportunity to connect with the fact that you weren't really fully embracing all of it. And now you're like, I'm a sorceress and y'all go see it. Mm-mm-mm. I had a friend of what friend of mine and um, people have been, he's been speaking certain truths on his, his Facebook page. And perhaps it's people that maybe knew him from, before his transition into to this more of this sort of knowledge and communication they've been like oh man not you as well and all this kind of stuff and why are you okay stop it and <laughs> stop it yeah no no there's been some stop stuff it. yeah like stop it, stop it. <laughs> I, I, I think i've been fortunate in that maybe it's just how i communicate because i'm woo-woo as fuck but people don't necessarily that's so true I don't, like, I, I don't, I know that people just, I don't know, but, but this has been part of my, part of my work has been presenting this way of looking at reality mm-hmm. in a way that would be digestible to me five years ago. Right. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Because me five years ago, wouldn't have been able to talk to you about drums and feathers. Like I've got my <laughs> No, seriously, not from, okay. I remember I've been in this world for 20 years, really 20 years, starting off with my work with mind, manifestation and intention setting, visualization. Then I got into uh, working with other dimensions, extraterrestrials and all that kind of stuff when I was about, about 20. Yes, about 20, how old am I now? So about 16, about 16, 17 years I've been in that world, like hardcore, as in I had a teacher who channeled in dimensions and was giving me information and was grooming me to be one of his, like his successors. You know I mean? Like hardcore in the, in the, in the, in the trenches. Um, 
selling different texts, looking at the mystical thing, like I was in mysticism. But people don't get the, they don't get this, they don't get that from me and they're ready to listen, even though I'm talking into dimensions and talking about manifestation. Do do you know what I mean? That's so awesome. Like, I'm so grateful because whatever cloak that they, you know, like whatever, it's just, it's like something that they, it's not putting like a fear into them. Like where I think if somebody jumps into talking to me, like they're just like, what? And (laughs) yeah, like my ascended master, Mama Zulu, like totally came to me down there. Give me a down, you know, give me a download. And like, the revolution and they're like what? you know but you have a way of like bringing it you know that i think you've you've mastered earth language in a way or like earth tone like when i as a musician like i just hear your your tone is like earth and it makes people feel safe and um a tone like mine could make someone you know who's not in the right place like feel frantic and not you know sometimes or or, or fall asleep i have one or the other effect <laughs> <laughs> but something's gonna happen something's gonna yeah, happen you might pass out or you might write a script um. <laughs> I love it I love it uh, so you have a very, like, welcoming safe earth voice you know you can talk about the stars but it seems um, you know very logical and it, um, so I really appreciate your voice especially um, that it can be you know received in the dominant paradigm or you know semi-dominant paradigm um, as mm. people like a very I think you know when you look at the gatekeeper card it's that person who's there to open the door, mm. you know, to say, Hey, you know, here's your family of all of us, you know, crazy. We're all extraterrestrials. I mean, earth is still in space. It's not like it's not in space. And I think I this the other day as well, when we're chatting is like, when you even look at how humans integrate with nature we don't and there are other pockets like things like jellyfish for example which my teachers say aren't native to this planet and even if you look at how they play with the ecosystem they're not natural to this planet and um me and olga watched the matrix again yesterday i got her to watch it like months ago and even from how she was watching it yesterday she didn't she wasn't watching it last time i was like you gotta watch the matrix but this time she was reading another book and it was like oh, i've got to watch the matrix and watching the matrix and even the scene where agent smith has Morpheus um, prisoner and he's saying to him that, you know, humans aren't like other mammals, like the way that you behave isn't in sync with nature. But if you look at nature itself, na- with nature, everything's in sync. So yeah, I'm. It, there's just logical arguments. There are, um, to some extent, scientific arguments as well to say that we're not natural inhabitants of planet earth now i think part of my language and i think maybe this is what allows people to be able to receive what i say sometimes is that i don't know that for sure right. and I don't think if there are anybody that knows it for sure can demonstrate it for sure i, I haven't met them <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there are but what i love is that throughout human history there have always been things that we've been told cannot be proven or are wrong. You know, 600 years ago, the earth was flat and the sun spun around the earth. And yet now we know that the earth is round and spins around the sun and the moon spins around the earth and there are other planets doing things as well. With time came more understanding, more learning. And, and within those uncoverings, we've been able to uh, now look back at things that we said were incorrect before or were true mm-hmm. and re-know them. And so when I look at things that are being given to us now by people that we're calling crazy or um, out there or conspiracy theorists, I look at the people throughout history who've been given those same labels and then have been proven correct. And so... I think an openness to receive what's being said and to know that we don't know for certain that it's a no. Science doesn't prove anything, it demonstrates. So even when what science says this, science demonstrates, but it's not a fact yet. It's not been 
proven, it's been demonstrated. So even down to people that deny about extraterrestrial life. I don't remember the name of the equation, but at least 10,000 M-class planets, which is an Earth-like planet, exist in our galaxy alone. 10,000 in this galaxy. Statistically speaking, the likelihood that even if you agree with evolution, right, and that things happened... (laughs) Right. (laughs) The statistical likelihood that this is one in 10,000 is... And, and that's just in one galaxy. And there are 28 known galaxies, I think it is, or 19 known galaxies, whatever it is. So we're talking about hundreds of thousands of planets that have this same form of ecosystem. If you look at the, the life forms that are on Earth right now, there are different forms. You know, you've got animals of different kinds. You've got microbes, which all have intellect and intelligence. There are souls of different forms that exist like across this wide range. And if you're going to say that none of those life forms of any kind exists on any more of these hundreds of thousands of planets, and this is the only one that exists, that's very stupid. That's like a completely <laughs> ridiculous proposition to hold. Doesn't mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that they come and visit us on spaceships. Cool. I get that. And I'm not saying that that's the case, but what I'm saying is you cannot deny the numbers, the math, the simple maths, and say that we're alone in the universe just doesn't make any sense. Despite the facts or non-facts, um, do you, why is Earth so important? Is it just because we're here? Or what, what do you think about that? I think it's self-indulgence. Fear. We're here, Fear. that's why it's Self-importance. Important self-importance and self-importance shows up in our societies as well this country thinks it's more superior than that country or it's the only good country or this language or this clan or this family or this person it happens at a micro level so it probably happens at a macro level as a as a collective and by collective i mean like the majority right there's a this this idea that oh we are the best and blah 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 and da di da di da it's like yeah but are you really, bro? <laughs> like, are you really? You know. So, anyway, that's my viewpoint. When you start to look at the material evidence of carvings in certain temples, and when you go to the the Nomo tribe, the Nomos tribe, uh, the Dogon tribe in West Africa in Mali, and they start speaking about the Star People and showing you carvings from thousands of years ago of visitors from other planets. When you go my culture in Southern Africa, and they start speaking about the Chituri who came from the stars. My, my, so I'm, I'm in Debele, but we're a sub, we're a, a sub clan of, of the Zulu tribe. Zulu means Amazulu, people who came from the heavens. So like, you can't, you, you kind of have to think about things. If you think about them without the judgment, every single one of these ancient stories of ancient cultures and the gods that came from the sky and blah, 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 when you look at them dispassionately and just lay overlay these facts and then you start overlaying the numbers and then you just look at it with a, an open, open eye, it becomes more and more difficult to deny the possibility, nay, the probability that number one, we're not alone in the universe. And number two, perhaps some of these other forms of life have a superior intelligence or a superior evolution as a species. Because when you look at humans, homo sapiens as we are now, a couple of hundred thousand years old, homo sapiens, right? Mm-hmm. But the earth itself is billions of years old. Right. So perhaps there are other planets where life kick-started a bit sooner and reached another level of evolution. Look at what humankind has been able to evolve through in the last thousand years. Mm-hmm. If, you just, if you look at Europe, med- Europe a thousand years ago, People were still living in huts and pooing like on the street. 200 200 years ago, they were still pouring feces out of the window. But look now, we've got sanitation. That's in a very, very short period of time. So if you imagine another, even a society, a simple society that had a thousand more years, just a thousand more years. Imagine if humanity didn't have the dark ages, that time science and advancement had been uh, suppressed. That'd be a, a thousand, like 600 years or a thousand years or whatever of advancement. Yeah. And if you see what we've accomplished in this time, where we would be. And so without needing to be histrionic or like really dramatic about it, it just makes sense that it's possible or even probable. And when you do that, 
it, it just becomes a very different conversation, I think. I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but when I, when I moved to the States, um, we ended up going to Disney, so Disney World, or the one in Florida, Disneyland, or whatever. Um, <laughs> one in Florida. Disney, yeah. And um, they had the Epcot Center there. And I remember t- speaking with people that are my age that went there at, at 10 like at that, saw the exhibit for the first time. They had, they showed us um, exhibits of Skype and zoom calls and technology back in the day this was you know in the 80s it was like you're going to be able to take your phone and call your mom from yes. like um <laughs> and food's going to come in a little pellet and you'll be able to yeah. call somebody to draw to bring you food and whatever and like all and hydroponics and all of these like crazy ideas and they put it into the heads of like my generation and we were like okay and and we believed it and so like we bought into it and, and created it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I again I think it just kind of going back to like we were talking about in the beginning too, is just like if these concepts are just like how I talk to my kids about dimensions and, you know, magic and, you know, empowerment and everything, then they just they just know it to be um to be legit or real until mm-hmm they might have an experience where they doubt it themselves or whatever and that's their whole journey but if it's just presented as yeah sure it's infinite possibilities and nobody really knows um exactly. it might sound like scary to someone but then i think knowing that from an early age and just just have you know knowing and that's like the the beautiful wonderment of life um it actually can breed security in the unknowing mm. i love that Security in the unknowing. Security in the unknowing. Being okay with everything not being <laughs> planned and structured. and Just like the world that we're in right now, that people are finding it harder and harder to structure and plan because we don't know. Are you going to be going back to work? Is your job going to be there? Massive companies are going under. Airlines are going out of business, like massive, massive, massive corporations. But then the other side of that, there's more opportunity. Maybe it's the opportunity for you to go and live your dream. Maybe it's the opportunity for you to go and create life on your terms. Maybe it's the opportunity for you to admit to yourself finally that you never liked that job anyway. Maybe to to reach out and be something bigger and better. Um, There's opportunity. There are challenges, yes, but there's always opportunity. All, all paths lead toward enjoyment right now from, for me and what I've been telling my clients and friends is, you know, if this, if your worst fear is true that this is the end of the world, just like being on the Titanic, you know, do you want to be the guy jumping off into the frozen ocean or do you want to be in the band and just mm-hmm. playing until it's over? Yeah. Um, you know, or if it's not the end and it is the new earth, do you want to be worrying about it? Like, you want to be, I mean, <laughs> did you want to work, talk to, and if this is earth being mad at us, do you want to cry and worry or do you want to go talk to her? I mean, mm-hmm. all of the situations that are laid out all lead for us to enjoy ourselves mm-hmm. as if we can, you know, and yes, there is some grim shit going on around there. People are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to be honored and um, and and in, in honor of that too is to enjoy at your moment, you know, your time. And of course you can have, you know, feelings I'm not saying like we shouldn't have our range of emotions. Mm-hmm. But even being able to experience an emotion is a gift. It just always comes back to this, yeah, that framing of um, you know, again, just kind of like in the Oracle deck too, is like the tide may move us, but it'll, they'll never carry us away, even mm. in death, you know. Mm. The time may move us, it may never carry I think I had that card a few days ago. No, it was last week. I got that, I had that line last week. I was going to say, um, before um, we wrap up, if you'd like me, I could um, maybe pick a card, a collective card. Oh, yeah, do it. Okay, cool. I'd love to have a card. I'll be honored to see a card pulled. Do we have, um, should I kind of think about the time in like five or so minutes or? Uh, do you, do you, we're, we're in flow, we're in flow. 
right, so before um, we get into this, um, let's just you and I um, kind of get into the space a little bit more. So closing our eyes and for a brief moment, with your next inhale, just imagining your Ajna, the third eye, closing for one brief moment, the count of four, one, two, three, four. And allowing a pool of holy water, holy tears to feel, fill up this area around the third eye. And on your next inhale, just open up that third eye. One, two, three, four. With this third eye opening, we'll just call in all of our ascended masters, guides, any workers on any side, through the filter of loving light in all dimensions that would like to join us. And offering a card for a collective humankind on the planet right now in 2020. So we can open up our eyes now. I'm actually going to have you pick it and we can, we can do one or three, whatever, what feels good to you. To do one or three. Oh yeah. Let's do three. Let's do a, let's do a three. Okay. So we'll do this again for the collective consciousness read. So we'll try to take away Dan and Kim from this and um, really think about us as all of the unit. But I will have you pick the first two cards. So when you just tell me when to stop. 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 And then I'll pick the third. All right. So the first card, ironically, um, is the Noni card. (laughs) (laughs) Noni just wanted us to know. So in this placement, just validating um, our work that we've done so far, all of us here in this space that's viewing this, and in our collective, um, Noni is um, one of the few that's a younger uh, representation of our younger selves. And, and the younger of our collective consciousness, um, this we have we have met much more to go in equality um, towards people. This is um, definitely a card that um, is about, in this collective sense, like um, moving through our hatred and judgment towards one another, and and really just on the physical level, um, you know, um, race racism and xenophobia stuff like that um we really have this is a validation for us that we've come so far and we're being honored for all this work and we're being i'll just read a little bit of it that we are um your father and the father of all original man imprinted a perfect pattern in your dna and you inhabit the vessel your soul seeks shelter in divinely chosen. So we're here to acknowledge our royal bloodline. And we all share it, like you were saying, from no matter if we come from many different planets, or many different spaces in time, we all underneath us is the bones of our ancestors in the air, the oxygen that we breathe doesn't escape. It it remains within the atmosphere. We're breathing the breath of our ancestors. And so we we really are all brothers and sisters. Um, We have now fused with the earth. We might not be 100% earth beings, but we, we, we eat and we nourish and we are becoming her as well. So we are meant to be here. And so um, this, is, this is a really great example of validation and a confirmation of this hard work and this really, you know, digging at our egos um, to find the collective. So great work, guys. Great work, humans. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, um, so the, the second card is sort of a junior a, a version of Noni. Um, as I was creating this, it's interesting. This is like the, the next level after the child. Um, we've been going through a, a period of being misunderstood, especially I feel like this is for the healers out there, like you were saying, um, you know, not being able to, um, to navigate how to express ourselves with this new awareness and this, um, you know, just this shift in consciousness. We, we literally have repelled other people that, um, that aren't in sync with us and that can feel like rejection, but the universe never is for rejection. It's just redirection. It's continually going on this, this way, only through our magic and our parallels or our intention do we go in reverse. Mm. This emotion is always forward. So we have everything we've done um, up to this point um, is, again, being validated. And it's just a reminder right now that each of us is holding our own interpretations. Like you were saying, I think this, this kind of speaks to that point of what you're saying earlier about, you know, the Orange Party is they they have their quills and the people that are, you know, hoarding and, and buying up all the toilet paper and all that stuff they're they they're in fear they have their own quills in their own mind and and just like we do as peacemakers um so it's also our duty right now to if we see that quill it has both a sharp end and a feather what we we use our entrainment and our training to to change the course of their words so it does not pierce us, it simply lands. Their words just fall like the rain, and their fear falls before it ever reaches us. Mm. And so we come into this, this knowing right now of being misunderstood. We are being understood now, like you were saying. Um, it might not be apparent they might not want to admit it right now but honestly deep down inside people are waking up and so just keeping reminder to keep on the same journey and path and another funny synchronicity is the last card that was picked is the muse (laughs) (laughs) given that I am a muse um I would I'm definitely here to say to uh keep on the path of creating and this doesn't mean being productive um i really want to let go of the idea that our worth is measured in our productivity artists really get wrapped up in this thing i didn't write enough song oh my god you know and all this stuff it's Mm -hmm. silence that but Mm -hmm. yes go outside and go to your studio but just show up to the space it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what you do in there we're we're artists um, because we experience you know healing artists or just being a human is an artist you're literally creating a canvas so allow yourself to experience this a little bit and um and enjoy it and this is all about following your imagination and some people might be like i don't want to follow my imagination because it goes into a dirty dark alleyway with prostitutes and And go there, go, stick to it, go through the alleyway and go through it even further. Don't just stop in the alleyway, but, but go through it and, and, and grow those wings, you know, use your imagination to, to also, it's your friend. So it's going to take you into the dark places sometimes. Um, but they, but you can always just follow it through. The thing where it gets um, scary is when it when it stops, mm. and so you're not allowing your imagination to have its full speech. Um, so this is just a reminder that the, there's a space between yesterday and what will happen next. So see this as a gift of envisionment. So a wide open canvas. Um, so again, this is just to remind us that uh, life is the dream and what an honor it is that you have chosen to create it. Mm. Life is the dream. We dream with Dan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you so much for having me here. And yeah, I just really honor you so much. And I honor everybody, all of the, the light beings out there doing this work that's often thankless at times. Um, I feel you out there. And I really appreciate, Dan, that you create these such sacred spaces for all beings to be welcome in. It's just, it feels like home. So yeah, I really, appreciate really appreciate you. Um, I want people to be able to get hold of the cards as well. I'm going to pop a link in the show notes, untoldlibraries.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim Muse on Instagram, Kim underscore Muse. Um, yes, Kim underscore Irene underscore Muse. Kim Irene Muse. <clears throat> right, we'll get you. Yay, I've got one of those. Yeah, we'll get you we'll get you hooked up. And uh, make sure, make sure you go to untoldlibraries.com and get a copy of this deck. I love my deck. I use mine every day. Like I said, I, I chop and change. I've got like a few decks. So I do one for me. I do one for like collective. I do one for Olga. And like I mix and match and, and mix it in. But every day I always get a wisdom deck pull. So it's really cool to have it have it in my world thank you so much for having having the time and the lovely energy to bring to us today it's just really really yummy um i think we might have to get you back again to talk about some of the stuff that we spoke about today there's been some cool conversation so we'll, we'll kick it we'll kick some cans around today was an opportunity for people to get to know you um i'd love to have you back so we can talk about maybe some specific topics in the future but we'll, sure. we'll work out from it. guys keep dreaming with your eyes open remember you can deliberately choose a more abundant joyful purpose-driven life Uh, remember that as a light being you may be misunderstood from time to time but still create and remember that even those who don't see you for who you are are also tied to mother earth we're all a part of earth we're all connected in some way shape or form big love to all of you once again Thank you, Kim, for being on today's show. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan. Dan.